Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joined today, he's a singer, songwriter, actor, storyteller. It's Oliver Pickett. How are you doing today, Oliver? Doing great. How are you? It's wonderful to be here. Doing so good. We are so excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up. Well, I'm from Toronto originally. I was born there. And uh, my dad passed away when I was eight. And we, uh, as a result of that, subsequently ended up moving to Portugal. So I grew up in in the south of Portugal and, and Toronto. What was it like living in Portugal growing up? It was a little bit of a culture shock at first, but uh, and you're quite a bit to get used to. But uh, it was my first foray into music. Uh, we were very much in a hippie culture down there. There were a lot of expatriates. We used to hang out in a place called the Valley, me and my mom and brother and sister. And that uh, that was full of a lot of expatriates who built their own houses and, and uh, you know, were self-sufficient on the land. Uh, so very interesting, colorful place to grow up. You talked about that was your first interaction with music or the type of music that you found in Portugal. What was interesting about it that maybe people didn't now are listening that don't know about that type of music? Well, my interest was actually in the blues, uh, funny enough, being in, in Portugal. You know, it could have been in the Fado, which is a great style of music. Uh, but uh, I had inherited my my dad's blues collection. He was a blues harmonica player and his... Uh, his albums and his harmonicas. So mm -hmm. I started out uh, before I even started singing, which is my my first passion now. I started playing harmonica and I would uh, learn all the, the harmonica parts to an album called, uh, which I now realize is very symbolic, but it was an album called Fathers and Sons by Muddy Waters. And so I fell in love with the blues and I absorbed everything I could all the way back to Lead Belly. And um, that formed the foundation of... Uh, what I think I carry uh, with me to this day. But the other thing that, that happened when I was in Portugal was that because we were in a, a fishing village that had a lot of tourists in the, in the summer months, they would have a lot of karaoke bars and, you know, it being Europe, kids were pretty much allowed to roam free in bars. <laughs> <So> <laughs> my sister would fall asleep a lot at the bar. Actually, she was a lot younger than me, uh, but my brother and I would get up and, and do karaoke. And, and so uh, I remember feeling that that rush of exhilaration that uh, that made me realize that that was definitely what I wanted to pursue in my life. Did with kids just roaming around into those bars, did it feel awkward being the young person in there? Or once you got up on stage or started singing, it was like, ah, oh, I'm one of them. Well, yes, I learned at a young age that drunks are very boring. <laughs> Uh, but you know, uh, older people drinking also made for a great audience and, uh, they loved that kids were getting up and doing stuff, you know? And, um, I think I started out, my first song was wild thing. That was my, my party oh, song. Wow. My brother did a Huey Lewis tune. I think he did a harder rock and roll. He got up and do that. So we each had our song. Was and, it, uh, it was, was a great time. Was it always the main goal was to follow that passion with music? Or even as you're growing up, did you find other areas that piqued your interest? Well, I, I surfed down there as a kid and, and I got pretty good at that. Um, I don't, that being said, I don't feel like I ever need to do that again. <laughs> so it was a, a passing fancy and I enjoyed nature out there going for hikes and everything. But, but, um, Sports always kind of left me cold. I learned to play soccer a little bit because that's what people did out there. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But um, it's really only ever been mu- I was a mathematician, actually, a young mathematician. Okay. I had a, my favorite teacher, really, of all time still, I think, was this guy, Mr. Tharma, and he was from Sri Lanka. And over there, uh, you're a little ahead. They did these, uh, you'd be doing trigonometry at, at uh, 11 and stuff. Wow. And so I fell in love. I loved the way he taught and I fell in love with math. Uh, but even there, I came to realize later that it, it's because music is so mathematical and, mm-hmm. and I, it, they really tie in. So I think that was also musically related. See, I was a math guy growing up, but I never realized it connected into music because I was in bands, but I never thought about the two mixing. But as you now say, it's like, okay, I can see it. Yeah. And, and it just goes together because that is the time to really find that passion for music, playing those instruments, really trying yeah. to get the feel because it's like the skills that you learn when you're playing music really help you as you get older and kind of different avenues outside of music. Yep, absolutely. I, I, I've taught uh, quite a few kids. I teach music and vocals and, um, and guitar. And I love those moments, those eureka moments when you see a kid and adults too have these moments too, where they, where they suddenly realize where the joy comes from in the craft. And, and yep. uh, uh, it's, it's really nice to see. As you're getting older, what was that dream job that you were wanting? I, I, I love living artistically. So any dream job involves some kind of performance. I love mm-hmm. the uh, amalgamation of theater and music. So anything in, in, in the theatrical and musical world has always drawn me, but it, it morphs. So it's an interesting question because my passions change depending on what draws me artistically, what projects. Okay me in and so you know in those moments i go when i grow up i want to do that (laughs) (laughs) do you feel they found the creative side in you like you talk about being that artistic side but did Mm. also bring out a creative side uh, what exactly like your creativeness came later after you really were finding those interests so you talked about you wanted to go do this but you went and did that did it ever bring new skills out of you Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. A, a major turning point in my artistic life was was when I, I met my wife, Danka, because she was a th- uh, in the theater world and, and very skilled, a very skilled, wonderful actress. And, you know, up until that point, I, I, I was creative all the time. I'd done a lot of work with my brother and I was on Idol and I did all these sort of interesting things, but I'd never explored uh, the physical aspects of, of being an artist. And I was uh, very tense in in parts of my body and and didn't even really realize it. Um, it's funny to look back on some of the 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 footage from Idol and stuff and just see how truly uptight I was. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that was a eureka moment for me because she brought me into the theater world. We did a few uh, theatrical pieces together, and I was able to marry. Uh, the physical form of expression, the musical form of expression. And, and it really opened me up as an artist. It opened me up vocally as well. And, and uh, I, I felt a lot of growth at that time. You talked about Idol and talk about that experience. Cause that's a huge honor to be a part of during that time. Cause you look at it all over the world, they have their own variation of it. And it yes. really is a dream for a lot of musicians to get onto that stage and perform. 
it it was uh it was a very interesting experience it was fun at times and it was also extremely stressful and uh i learned a lot from my brother at that time because we we were the first siblings to be on any idol show Mm -hmm. together competing as competitors and i saw that he realized being an actor and, and having done film and television he realized what a visual medium it was and i never clocked that until afterwards but he would have meetings with the production people. You have a lot of creative freedom on that show. I don't <laughs> think a lot of people realize that, but you have you can take a lot of liberties with those covers. And he really embraced it as a visual medium. He did better than me. He made it to the top 10. I was like top 16 or something. And um, you know, I got a lot out of observing him and and learning how he worked with a camera. Uh so that was the 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 major takeaway for me with with that. But um, I think really it was one of my first experiences really dealing with the media and dealing with the public reaction to what I was doing, Mm -hmm. which went both ways. Yeah. (laughs) Whether it was about my performance or my appearance or whatever it might be, but I I grew a very thick skin on that show. I feel like anytime you're on like a TV show like that, you're going to have people that are either going to like you or hate you. And you could be the nicest person. People are going to find negative things, and, and that's such a problem. When, and read into things uh, sometimes that aren't there or whatever. Yeah. What there year was that that you were on? I actually closed out that show in Canada, so I shut it <laughs> down. It was uh, 2008. It was season six was the last season of uh, was Canadian Idol. But think about that time where social media wasn't big. And then if you were on it now, how it's totally different. Do you think oh it was better God. that at the time you were on it, it was perfect than where, where it is now with those I, kind of shows? For my, for my money, yeah. I think people were more interested in longer form performances mm-hmm. uh, and would be more likely to sit through a, a, a two or three minute performance. And now with TikTok and, and all that, it's it's taken on a different um, it's a different beast. You know, the, the content you have to put out uh, or in, it's in smaller bites for the most part. So that aspect of it where things were longer form, I, I appreciate more as an artist because I like to to work in that paradigm. I like full albums rather than singles and that sort, you know. What would you say your music style is? It doesn't have to be one word. It could be multiple words. But what would you say your style is with music? Well, I have my debut American release coming out and I've I've taken on a certain style with this upcoming music, the stuff I've written since moving to America. So the this genre, because I've done quite a few genres, uh I I'd call this genre uh Ameri- Americana generally. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a there's a, a a folk element. Jim Croce was my my um role model for this stuff. So uh, the troubadour aspect is there, singer songwriter kind of vibe, acoustic. Okay, yeah. is that something that was always in the end result what you wanted was that acoustic style? Because that's definitely I I mean radios nowadays have like ch- days where it's all acoustic variation. Yeah, so it seems like that is really coming up because with live performances and news stations, it's always acoustic. Is that something that really was passionate for you? It is, as I say, there's there's a lot there are a lot of genres that interest me, uh, but what what interests me now in terms of uh, any any given project is is 
looking at it holistically as as a more well-rounded artist and mm-hmm. saying to myself okay uh i'm 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 deciding to focus on this particular style uh what does that look like what kind of venues do i play what kind of festivals who am i performing with and so not only is it fun to imagine how things will unfold musically with any given uh project but it's fun to imagine how uh it will unfold in every other aspect yeah um so that's been drawing especially now with with my wife's influence theatrical influence i think about things in in those terms what kind of venues do you like to play at i like listening rooms a lot okay for this style of music i like the the sit down maybe get dinner kind of vibe or a soft seater theater where people are sitting down and uh, maybe 2000 capacity type of a, a venue and it's well lit. The sounds incredible. The acoustics are great. I love that. You know, grand old Opry. It almost, because when, when you talk about like that type of venue, I can already picture it. It's kind yeah. of like a relaxing mood. It's not yeah. like you're going to a rock concert and everyone's dancing like it's heavy metal or something. Which, That's right. Yeah. And then you mentioned the dinner part, which that's always it's untraditional than the classical music you hear. You're kind of bringing a different vibe into that setting. Yeah. And you know, that that setting calls for a lot of storytelling and oh, describing, yeah. you know, what the song might be about or what influenced you to write it. And that's an area where I'm a little more apprehensive. I don't take to it as well as I do just performing a song. So I like that challenge as well, where I'm, I'm called to be a storyteller, uh, when I'm talking to the audience as well as when I'm singing to the audience. Um, so I'm interested in fleshing that out and seeing how that unfolds as, as I move forward. When you're writing the lyrics, where are you getting your inspiration from with the story that you're sharing? Well, the music I started writing after we moved uh, to America was, was a, I was trying to encapsulate all of the experiences I'd had up until that point, including the birth of my twin boys, marrying my wife, you know, becoming a man in a in a new sense. And so I was drawing on a lot of those experiences mm-hmm. and trying to do it as poetically as possible. <laughs> when people are listening to it or if they haven't listened to it, do you think it's going to be easy for them to kind of connect? To it, or have you been playing like clips on social media content, and people are really connecting to those words that you're talking about? Uh, they are. They. I've just started to roll out little teasers for the song, so nobody's really heard it in its entirety yet. But it seems to be resonating. I I want to keep um, my descriptions of it, or whatever I might say when I I put out a teaser or something, uh, broad in the sense that whoever's listening to it can apply to themselves and it yeah it it uh, has a universal appeal because i want i want people to have that experience listening to it i want it to be um i want it to resonate as much for, for them as it does for me when does the music come out officially well it's called eyes my daddy gave me it's going to be out october 20th and i got some great people who worked on it clarence J produced it uh, who's who's done a ton of stuff in the industry. Brandon Bell, who's mixed a, a lot of great artists. Brandy Carlisle, uh, I think one of the most recent uh, artists. And then um, 
some other great musicians as well. With the release of this in the few weeks at the time of this interview, are you already prepping for that next song? Does that get you excited to continue to write after you know this one's coming out soon? It does. I've actually, I've written about 30 songs since we moved here. I whittled them down to uh, 10 or so. I'm pretty ruthless with with my own material. So the (laughs) songs are there and it's nice to have this one out because I think it serves as a template in terms of the production for the other ones. And now I have more ideas in terms of where those, those are going to go and how they'll sound. So uh, it's nice. The visions coming into view more and more, and it makes it uh, exciting for me. And it gives me the impetus to move forward. With music nowadays, it's a lot of competition out there. What makes you feel that you stand out in a certain way, or how are you getting your name out there in this world music industry? well i think the fact that i've done so many things and 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 played in so many i've lived in so many places played so many markets gives me a wealth of experience that is um hard to come by i think it's unique Mm -hmm. and i believe that's reflected in in the music that i've written recently i think it's my best my best work so far you talked about earlier that Anytime you find something, you kind of have that peak interest in it. During this time with music, have you found other avenues in that kind of entertainment, artistic area that you've enjoyed doing? I love theater. And I'm currently working on a musical. I've been uh, writing a lot of material for a musical. It's going to happen in in St. Pete, Florida. And then I think um, with any luck, it'll move outwards from there uh, across the country. And that's really cool because it's been a long time since I've done anything music theater related. I went to uh, an art school in Toronto for music theater. So that was kind of the last time. But um, that's an area that's a little different than what I typically do. That's definitely interesting to me. So are these acting roles that you've had that have been involved in with musical theater? And that's kind of the area you focus on? Well, the, the music uh, theater piece that I'm working on in Florida just kind of fell together, a uh, series of, you know, synchronistic events. And uh, I was able to use my background in the theater, along with my wife, because uh, she's involved too, to um, manifest it. And and so, you know, like I say, it's been a long time since I've used certain skills in that way. And so it's a, a nice new opportunity. With working with your wife, that's always a huge challenge because maybe differences or agreements. What has been special about this opportunity to work with your wife in all these different projects? Well, I, the fact that we're we're married and best friends and and uh, lovers, and that we get to also explore the creative aspect of things is, uh, I think something that not not too many people get to do and and i feel very fortunate in in that regard yeah i also wanted to give uh, a shout out to um a guy i'm working with and um is going to be appearing on on the eyes my daddy gave me he's the um second guitar player and backing vocalist Mm -hmm. and i met him when we first moved his name's devin mcpherson i met him when we first moved to nashville um and he's a lovely guy and I'm, i'm so glad to have him on board for this so He'll be working with me on the next few songs as well. Does that always get you excited to have those other people that you've met and get them involved with your songs? 
Yeah, it's cool when you you know you get along with somebody and you have a good vibe together. Um, it's a joy. It's a joy to be able to be creative together. I just think that's awesome. Like the creative, I think everyone needs to find that creative outlet in a way because I think they'll shock themselves on what they're able to do when they get that creativity, that artistic. Because I always view myself as that where I'm not a singer. I can't even sing for my life, but. I had that musical <laughs> talent playing the French horn, but I find creativity in other avenues. I mean, you can just tell by, if you're watching this, you can see with my lights, how that's my creative, like coming with like a background. And it looks really, I love that by the way. Thank you. It, it's something special. I mean, anyone that knows me knows I love LED lights, which I mean, I could take this whole room and make it like a rave party. <laughs> in the but I try not to. With storytelling, is there ever a story that you're one you're hoping to reveal in the future or write about? You don't have to reveal what it is, but is it always in the plan in the future of, okay, I really want to talk about this story, but I don't know how to do it yet. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Often uh, the vision for, for something uh, coming to be uh, comes from some kind of a hook line that'll come to me that I think is in- interesting. And maybe it'll be a pithy way of uh, summarizing something I've experienced. Mm-hmm. And so, and often that line will just stick with me for a while. It'll just sit with me and then it'll keep coming up in quiet moments. Eventually I'm almost forced to do it. Like sometimes I feel like I, I do things in spite of myself because I'm actually a very lazy person. <laughs> <laughs> uh but the muse you know the muse pushes me to do it and i kind of just go okay fine (laughs) so you know uh like i said it happens in spite of myself you talked about all the things that you're doing looking at the personal side does that ever the professional side play an effect in your personal life where maybe you're overworking yourself too much stress don't know what's next for you having that writer's block what has been that like for you well, I'm kind of experiencing that right. My wife and I are experiencing that right now because we're working very hard together on uh, on this release, and it it is hard to balance the sort of anxiety that'll come up or stress, and the fact that uh, we have a personal relationship with the professional side of things, and that's true of uh, others that I work with as well. You know, things come up, and especially when success starts to happen mm-hmm. professionally. It, it it can even even more than failure infringe in on your on your private life in in negative ways. So I think it's important to always be vigilant, check in with yourself, uh, take time every morning for for silence and a bit of reflection, and uh, make sure you're behaving properly. Yeah. <laughs> when you're not working with music, what does Oliver like to do for fun? What's something that maybe fans of yours maybe don't know? One second. What are you saying? Oh, Doc is talking to me from the corner over there. <laughs> um, family life is is uh, something that uh, I take a lot of pleasure in. It's it's wonderful to my my kids are going to be five in January. Oh, so they're you know right in that cute stage. It's almost severe levels of cuteness. I would describe it. <laughs> So I love being a dad and that really, you know, other than, you know, I have my shows that I like to watch or whatever, 
but but in terms of my life, uh, that would be my my one great diversion in, uh, from music that uh, I get a lot of a lot of pleasure from. Would you love your kids to be involved in music some way if that's something they're interested in? Uh, yeah, I have mixed emotions about it, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they do want to do that, I'll say, okay, you know, there's going to be some ups and downs. Um, so I hope you can stick it out. But uh, I, I would, I would love that. Yeah, it would, it would be awesome to see them get into music. But really, anything that you know, I think with kids, you just got to pay attention to what motivates them and what they like and encourage that, you know, whatever it might be. So I'll be just as happy if they do something completely unrelated, as long as they love it and they're driven to do it. That, that's the way to do it. I mean, because maybe they'll find music organically and like, you'll be mm-hmm. like, how did you get involved in that? Or how did you find yeah. that? And then it just starts yeah. that connection. And it can take any number of forms. They might get into scoring movies. They might get yeah. into uh, music for commercials or or doing session work, you know, or they could be rock stars, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the final question I'll ask you, for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? Well, scheduling, this is something I've scheduled, uh, struggled with a lot, but scheduling things properly and uh, every morning setting a setting, a setting about what, what, what you need to do for the day um, in order, preferably. And then in any moment that uh, you're allowed a little bit of a break to engage in activities that uh, rejuvenate you, you know, they can be something that's unrelated to whatever, you know, work you have to do. Um, and just find things that keep you centered because there's, there's a lot of opportunity to go off the rails and freak out in this line of work. And um, just remember, it takes a long time. You know, it, it takes a long time to hone your craft. It takes a lot of patience. Uh, but, but, you know, if you love music or whatever the art form might be enough, that's going to, that should be enough to sustain you. Well, Oliver, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we are excited to see what the picture looks like for you. Oh, I appreciate that. I hope I hope it does inspire people. And uh, it's been it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Tune in next time. Hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel through the full length episode and video format. What path do you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.